So last week we talked about, uh, we looked at the whole issue of abiding, right? And, uh, and how the summer and the disruption of our schedules can get us out of sync in our relationship with God. And the exhortation was from your pastor to lean back in and stay close. We do that by reading the Bible, praying, staying in fellowship, and sharing our faith. All right? And so that was the encouragement. This morning we're going to look at uh, the fellowship aspect of it, which is great because we're going to have a family meal. So that, that'll be fun. And uh, we're going to call it join. All right? So uh, we're going to talk about come and join, come and be a part. Uh, don't do life alone. So before we do that, let's pray, and then we'll go into this. Father in heaven, this morning, it's a, gr- it's a good day for us, Lord. We love family meals. We love just being around the table together and visiting and talking and sharing and getting to know someone better than we knew before. And Lord, it's just part of our DNA that you have woven into us by your spirit, and we rejoice in it. And as we're talking about that, Lord, not everybody may feel connected, either here this morning or online. And Lord, we seek you that you would uh, have a conversation and that this morning would be helpful. And we seek you for that, for your purposes and your glory, and give that to you in your name. Amen. All right. All right, so the Apostle Peter, in his book of 1 Peter, says this. We're in chapter 1, looking at verses 3 through 5. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy. Pause right there. Anybody experience the mercy of God? Right? According to His great mercy. You know, our hope for ourselves Our hope for our families, our hope for our country is not us. It is the great, merciful heart of God. And that, I just want to pause there and freeze that frame and just get us to think about it and the fact that it is His mercy that uh, gives us life and it's His mercy that has brought us into relationship with Him. And how do I know that? Well, look at what it says. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope, not a dead hope, not a static hope, not uh, old hope, not an ancient hope, not, it's a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, just a couple thoughts on this. How are we saved? Well, we are saved by God's great mercy. It says that in God's mercy, he reached out to us and saves us. And because of that mercy, we're born again to a living hope. And that hope is made possible by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. That's the whole enchilada right there. There isn't anything more. If you're asking, what is it that Norfew has for you? The only thing we have for you is Jesus. Anything else is gravy, right? I mean, but that's what we've got is Jesus and this promise and this hope. Jesus' death and his resurrection from the, from the dead uh, has opened up this living hope because of God's mercy. When we were born again, we're infused with that hope. And sometimes... When we get going in life and we're walking along, life can throw things at us that can really knock that hope sideways or knock it out or dim it, right? And so we are to hang on to this hope. Why? Because we're gaining, it says, an inheritance, right? Uh, Pam's mom and dad and my mom and dad are all gone, and we got an inheritance from them, right? And uh, 
you know, when you split it up among eight kids, that's not a lot, but it was cool, right? And, um, but it says this about the inheritance that comes from God. It says, number one, it's imperishable. In other words, it cannot be destroyed. Number two, it's undefiled. That means it is not stained or polluted. Okay? There's so few things like that in life, right? This, when we get to heaven, it will be unstained and unpolluted. And then number three, it's unfading. That means it will never go dull like the paint on our cars or it won't rust out, right? It's enduring, it's unfading, it's, it is an enormous hope. Later in the same chapter, Peter follows up with this and it'll bring us to the topic of the morning. He says, therefore, because of those things, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, and notice here that the issue is obedience, the issue is repentance. The issue is get right with God, line up with Him, line up to His agenda. He's God, you're not. You make a great you, you make a lousy Jesus. Stop trying to be Him. Let Him be who He is. You be who you are. It works out a lot better. He says, by obedience to the truth, for sincere brotherly love. Notice instantly in comes not just love, but relationship. Sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly. It means don't fake it. From a pure heart, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. In other words, one of the very first things that God does after you get saved is He puts you into a community by the Holy Spirit. For me, that was Bethel Baptist Church back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, 1978, February 1978. And the pastor there happened to be a guy named Jan Hedinga, who later came out to Seattle. And when uh, the church he went to, which was North Shore, uh, our mother church, they said, well, we're looking for a youth guy. He said, hey, can I bring somebody along that I've been working with? And, uh, and he brought me. And so my entry into the kingdom of God came through that church. And in that church, I got connect up relation. And in that church, I ran into Jan, and in that church, Jan mentored me, and then I came out, and then I served over there for 25 years, been here 17 now. That all came because of the community I was plugged into. Okay? That's what it's talking about here. You, you get connected to other believers. That's the important point. It's not that we're all the same. It's not that we have all the same interests or the same likes, that we're uh, cookie-cutter kind of thing. No, what's similar about us is we all have the same Savior. I'll have the same Savior. The whole issue of purifying our hearts is that we can have a sincere brotherly love. Try to get the stuff flushed out. Usually that's bitterness. Usually that's resentment. Usually that's attitudes that we picked up from the world or from others or our own sin. Often I picture it of going through life like this, right? I am in control. I will run this thing. I am... And I go, you know, when you become a Christian, you've got to learn to go like this. You've got to learn to open that thing up. We are to love each other earnestly. And that's a kingdom love, a Jesus love, a God love, a pure love. We don't know much about that down here. And so that means we have to be in community with each other. And the reason that we're thrown into community is because we all have the same divine seed in us. We have been born again, and it's important and necessary that we connect and belong to a group that encourages us in this faith 
that is this living hope. In other words, stay with it. Hang in there. You can make it. We'll get there. Right? Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. How many have had, well, we don't have to raise hands. All of us have people who have encouraged us like that, right? Hebrews tells us this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. There's that issue of hope again. Without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. In other words, that's not to get stirred up, just to stir up. <laughs> right? Not just to be an agitator, just to be an agitator. Or contentious, to be contentious. That is weird to, to encourage each other and stir each other up into what? Love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, recognize that was written 2,000 years ago. They thought it was imminent then. We think it's imminent now. It might be, it might not be. But we should look forward to it as if it is, and we should love each other as it is. We should think about it as it's going to happen soon. And so we should love that way and love that way well. So many things here to say, more than we can fit in this morning. But suffice to say that the number one reason we're placed into community is uh, relationships with other believers, i.e., is for encouragement. In other words, part of what should happen on a Sunday morning is you should walk away more encouraged than you did when you walked in. Part of what happens in the stuff we do in the week and the small groups and all that kind of stuff is you should come away encouraged. We uh, had a meeting of all the community group leaders on Friday night and the Templins just did it out, right? Neil and the whole thing. John and Jan are there. Give them a hand. It was awesome. My beloved friends. But what was fascinating as we went around and shared and we had a chance, uh, we, we met in lobby because of rain. It seems the consistent theme. But as we met and people started sharing where their group was, and it was fascinating as everybody went around the room, you went, you gained all kinds of insight into what God's doing in our church and what's going on that even us as community group leaders didn't know. Right? It was really an amazing thing. But what's the encouragement? Well, it's the encouragement to keep walking. It's the encouragement to keep solid in the faith. Remember that don't waver. Uh, to our, we're to hang on to our hope without wavering. It's the encouragement to keep treasuring the gift of eternal life as the most important thing that we have, that it is and comes from the Lord Jesus. It's encouragement to keep going even when it's tough or hard. Right? All of us have been there. We all know what a flat spot or a ditch or a flat tire looks like in our spiritual life. We've all hit them. Uh, we are to stir up each other's faith. Colossians tells us then this. Put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, that would be other churches, right? forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, there is a nugget right there. Learn to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all, put... put Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. It's talking about a harmony or resonance within the body. The worship team sang this morning, and uh, great harmonies, right? Did you catch it going all over the place and doing different things? It, it, what were they doing? They were harmonizing. 
And when it's on, it's awesome, right? It's like three different songs going on all at the same time. Just, right? And then you go, don't, I wish I could sing like that, right? But it's, it's called harmony, okay? Well, God's saying the same thing can happen in a, in a body of believers when we get rid of contention, we get rid of sin, we get rid of the, the ugly side of our heart, and we lean towards the kingdom, the, the body starts to harmonize, and there's something about that that is really powerful, just like singing. People can sense that they walk in and go, wow, there is something going on there with those people. There's something going on in that church. Just a couple quick takes from here. Notice the heart, heart posture of a saved heart. Look at, the, look at the, the components. Look at the character qualities. Compassionate. Kind, humble, meek, patient. By the way, that does not mean weakness, guys. When we read that as men, we go, oh, okay, no, that is not what that's saying. It's saying despite the strength, be compassionate, kind, humble, meek, patient. We've all got that one down, right? Yes. Forbearing and forgiving. In other words, granting grace, granting the benefit of the doubt. Bible says, don't think evil of everybody all the time right away. That your first thing, wow, that, you know, and, and just rule them out. Be forbearing. Hey, maybe I don't know what's all going on. Pam caught me at that this week. I was grumbling about somebody that wasn't pulling out. And she goes, you don't know. Then I was mad at her, right? <laughs> I was wrong twice. Oh, gosh. Okay. Number two, notice uh, a grace that we must grow in is learning to forgive the way the Lord has forgiven us. That's not near as easy as it sounds. Okay? The closer the sin, the more it hurts. Right? It's not the size of the sin, it's the closeness of it. Number three, notice that love produces harmony and peace. And number four, the end result, thankfulness and gratefulness. I've said for years here, and if you're newer, you, you will maybe hear this for the first time, but uh, Norfew knows this well. The sign of a healthy church is gratefulness. A grateful church is a healthy church. And grateful church, gratefulness shows up in generosity. Gratefulness shows up in service. Gratefulness shows up in sacrifice. Why? Because I can do that because Jesus did it for me. And so we're talking about developing that in a community. So when it comes to the hope that we have been speaking about, it's telling us to keep that hope alive. It is so easy. By the way, you do a lot better to not watch the news and read your Bible. Okay? If you want to keep your hope alive, just a little hint there. But this means we have to find ways to encourage it. We have to ways to stoke the flame, so to speak. Um, what it's talking about is not just attending church, but rather taking that idea way beyond that and belonging at church, being on a team. Uh, I call it having a posse. I grew up watching old westerns, right? And the sheriff always had to have a posse that rode with him to go get the bad guy. And there were people he depended on. They were people he could count on. If the shooting started, he knew they would be with him. It's called having a posse. You know, who, who rides the trail of life with you? Who's your posse? Again, it's not just a filler. It's having a group of people who really know you and you really know them. It's having a source and a center of encouragement. Now, when you come to Norview, there's a lot of ways 
that you can join at Northview. There's a lot of different teams. There's men's ministry, uh, women's ministry, children's ministry. We talked about that this morning, helping Kayla. Uh, youth ministry, Rob was up here talking about the stuff he's doing. By the way, parents, you should plug in, get a hold of them, and find out about that curriculum. Okay, don't just look at it. Talk with them, get, find out what he's covering. Uh, there's the fit team that we've been talking about greeting and getting better at that. There's the worship team you saw this morning. There's the audiovisual team, the guys and gals who hide back there, right? The custodial team, and there's others. But one of the best ways to join, one of the best ways to join and become part of Northview is to join a community group. It's just absolute one of the best ways to do. Community groups are based on the whole premise of don't do life alone. It's easy to be picked off in, your, in a group, right? Satan knows stuff, and even if you're in a group, you can get picked off. But it's a lot harder if you're in a group. If you are all by yourself, it's way easier to get picked off if you're all alone. It just doesn't take much because you don't have anybody watching out for you. On our website, it tells you this. It says, Northview Community Groups are designed to foster true relationships with others so that we can live out the gospel by praying together, encouraging one another, studying the Bible for the glory of God and the multiplication of his followers. Community groups exist to help Northview live authentically and build community. These are multi-generational, multi-gender groups that meet in homes at various times and locations in and around Mill Creek. And, you know, people have been coming to Northview and asking, James, do you guys have small groups? We have small groups all over the place, but we hide really well. That's Northview. One of the things you're good at is hiding, okay? And uh, people go, really? They're small groups? And go, yeah, they're all over the place. Um, we, Pam and I, and the kids, uh, have been in one since we arrived at Northview, and it has been a game changer and a life changer for us. Uh, this past weekend, we had the wedding of one of our community group kids. Uh, here's a picture uh, congratulations to Caden and Sophia, right? They got married last Monday on Labor Day, and a number of us were at the wedding, and it was a fantastic deal. Uh, so this is the second wedding out of our community group. So Kayla and Micah were the first one. Caden and Sophia are the second one. We have 19 to go, <laughs> right? Uh, in our group, there are 21 children in our community group. The Mitchells and the Fallons really thought we were you know, cooking it with four kids apiece. Then the bonds came in with seven, just blew the whole thing out the, you know, you want to race? We got you beat, right? And uh, so we have 21, and um, it was fantastic. Not only did we do the wedding together, but we set up together. We all hung out together. When it was done, we took everything down. The lady at the wedding venue went, I've never seen a group like this. You didn't even talk to each other, and you just did it. Like, how do you know what to do? I said, oh, it's, a, it's been a, we do that a lot. We've been together a lot. We just know. We just go. And uh, she was absolutely amazed. It was really, really fun. But we've also prayed for every one of those children over the years, right? And there is a tremendous sense of anchoring and belonging when you have that. As a parent, it gives you tremendous confidence that other people are praying for your kids on a weekly basis. Other people care. Uh, we've laughed, we've cried, and we've done it together, right? We, it has been a marvelous thing. We're going to hear from someone else this morning on the power and the benefit of a community group. In just a few seconds, I'm going to call Matt and Amy Chu to come up to the front. Uh, Matt and Amy, you're here, right? Where are you hiding? Back there? Okay. 
Oh, there aren't even lights back there. Hi, Katie. How you doing? All right. Uh, Matt and Amy have been here from the beginning. So they, since Northview started, in other words, they are uh, one of the founding members of the church here, along with Jan and John and several other families that are here. Um, Matt served as chairman for Northview over 10 years, and so there wouldn't be a Northview if it wasn't for Matt. And Matt has a phrase that's core to this kind of thinking. He says this. He calls it life on life. Life on life. And meaning the church was meant that we share our lives together, not just Sunday morning together. That we build a rhythm and a community and a relationship. And we just couldn't think of anybody better than Matt and Amy to testify to the need and the importance of being in a community group. Uh, They will testify that we are much, much better together than we are apart. So let's call them up to the front and hear what their experience has been. Matt and Amy, come on up. Hey, let's give them a warm thank you for coming up and sharing this morning. Do you have a microphone? Do not. You do not? We can yell. Where is it? Right here. Oh, there we go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good morning. I'm going to let Amy go first. Uh, she had some initial thoughts, and then I'll, I'll follow her on um, just what, it, what it's meant to be in a small group all this time. I haven't been up here in a while. Um, <coughs> anyway, gosh, I'm used to t- talking to junior high students. I like that a lot better than grown-ups. Um, so we've been in our community, we've known some of the people in our community group um, for 20 years. Um, and I think the best thing about that is they know, uh, they know a lot about us. They know the good, the bad, the ugly. They, um, we've, we've had some uh, rough patches, let's just say, the last couple of years with um, our kids. Um, and it means so much to have these friends, um, the Harrises and the Cecils, um, but our entire group, um, they know everything, um, and they pray for our kids, and they um, uh, suffer with us when we're suffering, and they rejoice with us when we um, share um, how God has been working in our family. And um, I don't know, honestly, how we could have gotten through the last few years um, without the prayers of our community group. Um, and we also laugh a lot. We have some really weird inside jokes in, in our community group, and um, I feel like we really like each other. Um, we like to be together. We laugh together. Um, and I've had a bad attitude this last year about it because we've had to be on Zoom, um, and my community group knows that. Um, but anyway, I just, uh, it's just a huge part of our life, um, our, our family life, our married life. So anyway, if you're not in a group, you really should find one. So I'm, I'm going to come at it from a dad, a guy, a male standpoint, because I have a really strong family, uh, my parents and my brothers. So my best friends are kind of in that vein. And, and so you, you kind of feel like, um, Oh, you know, um, the ability to be transparent with other guys doesn't come that easy. But over the years, so many years, it's become way easier, right? And it's just the in and out of um, as as the the dad in the house and the the troubles we've had with you know some of the the, the various stages. But being able to at, at midnight, the, there's a few guys that I would just text. Here's what's going on. Need your prayer. And that you just know that they're going to pray, right, kind of a thing. And, um, and 
and the guys here don't feel like they have to become your immediate best friends or anything like that. Just be involved. That's all it is. And broaden your network of relationship. And then what you're going to find over time, you stay involved with long enough, you do start becoming really good friends over time. But, but as Amy said, um, it's just this, uh, this subtle aspect of other guys that are not maybe in your immediate family, in my case, knowing intimate details about the struggles that are going on and then being able to just throw out a text and they, you know that they're gonna know how to pray for you. There's no judgment, it just is, right? One of those things. And uh, so that's what I've really appreciated over time. Um, and, you know, over time we even started went fishing for the first time this last uh, <laughs> summer, right? But this has been a long run with some of these guys that, you know, as you get to know a little over time. But don't put the pressure on yourself to say, feel like I need to, you know, immediately go make these deep guy friends because I know sometimes that's how it comes across in the church. Go find your, as Steve would say, find your posse. Posse takes a long time sometimes to make, and it's okay, right? It's going to ebb and flow wherever it is. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of give it that little twist. So there we go. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, thank you. Those don't, I, I'm James, one of the new guys here. And uh, when I came on about nine months ago, the first responsibility I was given was to help oversee community groups. And, and what a gift that has been as it's allowed me to get to know so many people in this church and uh, hear kind of the challenges that have been going on. Obviously, this last year and a half of the pandemic has been one of the more difficult seasons for community groups but also be able to see the life that's going on that's been so encouraging and to find out that we actually have over 20 different groups of various forms that are meeting at this time. And that was so sweet to be able to see. I mean, there's groups of all kinds. There's younger groups, there's groups for older people, there's groups for singles, there's groups for men, for women, parents of young kids, parents of older kids, parents of kids that have grown out of the, that have, that have gone to college and gone away. Um, there's groups for walkers, there's groups that like board games, there's groups for people that like to hike. I mean, it, there's, there's groups that meet in person, in Zoom, there's, there's a group that meets via text message, right? I mean, there's so many different kinds of things that are happening right now, and there's so much life going on, and many of it I, I didn't even know about at the time. And, and on top of that, there's also sometimes groups on topics of marriage or finances or, or raising kids or other things like that. And it, it was just so cool to see what was happening. In a couple minutes, I'm going to ask all of the well, that are present this morning, the, the small group leaders, to come up front, and they're each going to kind of introduce a little bit about their group for, uh, briefly, and so you can kind of see the different kinds of things that are going on right now. But first, I just wanted to share again that I, I'm convinced, I mean, as, as Steve said, fellowship is such a central part of what it means for us to be together as a community. This community groups are called because it's about forming community that idea of being and journeying together. And, and I'm convinced that community groups are, are the, the greatest place we have within the church for community, of gathering together, but also of discipleship, of growing in our own walk with God. And not just that, but also of, of growing in our own leadership development, growing in our capacity to journey with other people, to, to, to challenge other people into, in, in their own walk with God and, and to build up the body of Christ. Um, I don't think there's any better place in the church to really be the body than within that community group of being able to journey with people day in and day out as we, as we journey with them, as we're open with one another and, and share struggles and, and share highs and share lows and, and we can be vulnerable with one another and pray together, encourage each other to, and, and have a lot of fun, as they said, and hopefully eat some, some good food as well. Uh, I love it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Paul says this. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, the pastors, and the teachers. And, to, and he says this to equip the people 
to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I love this passage because here he's saying that the role of the pastors and the teachers and the apostles and the prophets is not for them to build up the body of Christ, but it's that they are, their job is to equip the people, the, the body, that they would build up one another. That's the role of pastors, teachers, and all those others in those positions, is to equip the body that we together would build up the body, right? And to me, that is the, one of the greatest functions of community groups, of gathering together, is that we build one another up. And it's one of the greatest joys that we have as believers is to not journey alone, but to journey together arm in arm. And, and, and this is uh, obviously something that, that is important in any season of life, right? And in any stage. But in the midst of a pandemic, how much more important to be able to have this opportunity to journey together with people? As most of us are aware, this pandemic likely isn't cutting over anytime soon. In fact, it's likely going to get harder before it gets better, right? And, and there's going to be a season of difficulty ahead. And in our lives as a family, I mean, our entire adult lives, we've journeyed so closely arm in arm with other families that have been with us, encouraging us, praying with us, that were there when our kids were born, that were there at each point when uh, so many of the holidays and other things that we've gathered together and journeyed with other families together in such a close-knit uh, community. And I can't imagine going through a normal season without that type of community around me of any kind of isolation. But in the midst of a pandemic, I, I can't fathom trying to do this alone right now. And so community right now to me is more important than ever before of journeying with people who have our backs, as Steve was saying, and get to go with us. I mean, it's my dream here at Northview that we would see more people attending community groups on a regular basis than we ever see actually enter into our doors on a Sunday morning, that they would continue to grow. I mean, a church our size, I'd love to see double, even triple the number of community groups we have going on in the near future so we can be able to reach out to the number of people that are here. In fact, this morning, we have six new groups kicking off this fall. We're trying to get kicked off if, 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 if there's enough people going on. There is life happening and movement happening, and we're hoping today that we see a number of people that would be willing to join in. You know, one of the greatest reasons why people don't join community groups is a fear of commitment, right? That awkwardness of, of what am I committing to? And for how long? Do I really want to join with a bunch of strangers and let them into my life? That can feel a little awkward. What if they don't like me? What if I don't like them? What if I don't like their house, their food? What if our kids don't get along? What if I'm single and I don't know if married people are weird or I don't know if they'll actually like me? I'm scared as an, as an older single person. What's that going to be like? I don't want to be vulnerable in the midst of all these strangers. And then when you join a group, is it going to be that now I have to join with them for 20 years? I mean, in the Mitchells group, they've been going, what, 15 years or something like that? A couple of them have told me we've been trying to get out for the last 10, but we just don't know how to tell Steve. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. But, um, right, so that, that, that awkwardness of, of what do you do? And so one of the things we want to be able to do is to lower, is to make it easier to get in. And so is it, one of the things we want to share today is that we're going to make a little shift in communication going forward with most of our community groups that are getting going. And that is we want to shift communication-wise to doing a trimester calendar form of community groups. And that means that we're going to split the, the year into three different trimesters, the fall from middle September to mid, or middle of December, winter from January to March, and spring from April to June. And we want to create on-ramps and off-ramps for community groups in each of those times. I mean, we want to make it really easy to jump in every quarter. We're going to do a big push to say, come join, and we're going to hopefully kick off new groups each quarter. And at the end of every quarter is an opportunity for anyone that's joined to just take the off-ramp if it's not working out, if it's not perfect just the way it is, or maybe just a season 
season of life and the kids are going crazy or work's crazy and you're like, I can't do this stuff. That off ramp is right there. You don't have to feel ashamed. You don't have to, there's no walk of shame that last week going out of sorry, I don't like you guys. It's just an expectation. Easy on, easy off each quarter. And then if it's going well, awesome. I hope many of the groups continue on for 10 and 20 years. But if it's not working out great, it's just an easy on and easy off. We want it to be something that's very easy to do. And with 12 weeks, most groups meeting every other week, that's just a commitment of about five or six times of coming to be able to see, is this group a good fit for me? And if it is, awesome. Embrace it. Go journey. Go real. Go hard. Make it be an awesome time. If it's not, we celebrate that. Or, or maybe some of you are just kind of extroverts, and you're like, that sounds great. Each quarter, I could join a different group and just get to know people and do that. That's awesome. Some of you, that sounds like absolute horrible hell in some ways, and that's fine. But for others, that's a perfect way, and I encourage it. For me, that's probably what I would do. I love being able to get to know more people. And so we just want to be able to encourage that as much as possible to be as easy as possible to get in. And so right now, I want to be able to just invite, so if you are, uh, I think I've spoken to most of you, if you are a small group leader or are standing in for one today, if you can just come up, and what we're going to do is just have each person just for about just a brief introduction to their group, kind of what's it about, and if they're a new group that's just starting up or inviting others, they're going to let you know that, that they're just kicking off one of the new groups, and uh, let's do it in front of the stage, I don't know if the stage will hold everyone, so we can kind of wrap around, um, and uh, we'll, we'll hear a little bit from each of these groups about what's going on. We'll just start it. Bill, there's, there's, amen. Isn't this awesome? I find this exciting. Um, we'll start way over here on this side. I don't know if the camera can reach over here, so sorry if you're online, but there are people standing over here. So Rob, you can start over here. Hey, Rob Henry, my wife Amanda and I, we are revamping and revitalizing a group that has existed for the last couple years of couples similar age uh, to us, kind of late 20s, early 30s. Uh, opening up that family component as we have, have kids, kind of one to three within our group, and, and kicking off again this fall. Really excited to get going again with uh, some of our dearest friends here at Northview. Hi, um, Susan Weed. We have Thursday morning Bible study um, from 9.30 to like 11.15, doing um, God of Deliverance by Jen Wilkin. Um, I hope you can join us. And James doesn't realize I also have a Monday night group. Um, we Zoomed last year. We have room for a couple more. We're going to try to do Zoom and in person. Um, that's Monday nights. And also for um, Thursday morning Bible study, um, we would love to have child care. But I actually don't right now. So if anybody is interested, let me know. Hi, um, Johnny Smith here. And uh, I'm running a... Um, small men's group meeting every Wednesday at 7 a.m. at the Sawmill Cafe. And uh, I think it's r really important, uh, um, as uh, Matt was saying, for guys, and, and don't be intimidated. We, we sit down, and it's pretty, pr pretty chilled out. But we, we use Acts uh, 242 as our model, uh, some fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, and uh, a little bit of time in the Word. And we keep that really simple, um, uh, especially for guys. Um, we um, use an online devotional that is 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 really short, um, and the the related scripture reference. So it's basically uh, no homework required and in impromptu discussion. And uh, we're having a really good time, and we're seeing uh, God answer prayers through our group. Hi, I'm Lisa Porter. I'll come over here so those can see me over here. <laughs> um, so I do a couple things. Um, I'm the text group one that was mentioned. Um, we're no longer text, but we are online. Um, 
So it started several years ago where I asked the Lord, just give me a verse, give me a verse. And it was uh, Psalms 86:11. Teach me your ways that I may know your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And teach means I have to be willing to learn. And so I just said, Lord, help me to want to learn and to be sincere with it. And so that started the the path of me just really wanting to understand. And so I'm, I'm a teacher and I annotate. And so I annotate the scriptures. And then I just started to invite people with me and people went through the journey with me. And then it got really big where I had five different text group groups going. And, and then so we found a new way and that is using the Bible app. And it's uh, the Bible Project because they have little videos, and that was really good for teachers that are at my school that are just coming to know the Lord, and um, they could grasp that. And so it's uh, through the Bible app, the story that leads to Jesus, and it's reading and little videos every morning, and then there's a place where you can talk it through, and you can share your thoughts, and it just helps each other hold each other accountable, and to read and to... Uh, want to know more and to hear from other people and so to be willing to be taught and to have an undivided heart that was huge that was a huge moment for me to realize undivided how often do I put God last and so give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name and that was huge and so I have learned to make it a priority in my life and so it first became just very very ritual, and then it became, now I cannot do my day without it. And it's huge, and it's fun to do with other people. So I would love more people to join us. Um, I have a group, a, a group on Facebook, it's called Abide in Him, Abiding in Him. And that's where I just, I kind of share, so people who don't want to use the Bible app can go to there and kind of see the reading and do it on their own. So whatever works, you're welcome to do that. But we'd love people to join. And then I do the Sunday second service Bible study, and we're going to be doing it on the fruits of the Spirit, and um, just to see the Holy Spirit working and being evident in our life. So we'd love for you to join us. That will be November 7th. Okay, hi, I'm Shar Sewell. Um, my husband Tom and I, we um, open our home twice a month and are the facilitators of a community group. Uh, our group mainly uh, kind of reaches out to people in the age group that have older high school kids and college kids and beyond, and we've been together for quite a while. Um, but we have room if anyone else wants to uh, come in. We've got room for one or two more couples, so that would be great. We uh, just get together, and we eat together, and we laugh together, and we have a good time. And then we pray with each other, and we're available to each other even, even um, when we're not meeting uh, to, to pray over things as they come up. And for fall, we're going to be... Um, discussing the sermons. We're going to be discussing the sermons with the sermon notes. So that's what we'll be doing in this next uh, trimester is what you're saying. Yeah. Hi, John and Jan Templin. We've had a small group here for since the beginning. And, and right now, we're starting a new group because everybody has moved. Idaho and, and, and Texas and, and Papua New Guinea. So we're looking to start a new group and we're pretty open to people's needs. We're open to 
to times, kind of the weekends are tied up with grandkids, so it'd be weeknights, any weeknight we'd be open to doing that, and we would look forward to, we want to create a safe place for people to be. We've gone through issues with kids, with adult kids, with uh, divorce in, in the groups that we've had, and we, we want to make it a safe place where people can be actual with their needs, and so we're open to anybody and everybody, and and times we're probably going to be going through the sermon notes this fall. So look forward to, uh, to hearing from people. Thanks. Hi, um, I'm Chris Lankow, Joan Lankow. I asked her not to wear camo this morning, cause, but she's right here. <laughs> you can see her. Um, so we have a community group. Um, we meet Wednesday evenings. Um, we have four four couples in the group right now. Um, some of the couples have been with us for several years and some are just joining us, so it's, it's an exciting time. Um, again, we meet Wednesday evening, seven o'clock. Uh, we live out in the Clearview area, if that makes a difference to you, but um, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. I'm Kirby Morgan and this is my wife, Jennifer. Uh, ours is a group of five couples uh, we get together on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, depending on uh, phase of the year and where everyone is at. And we've been studying various books, uh, and they've been books getting at topics that we all found that we all were kind of dealing with about the same time. And through that process, through getting into those studies, we became vulnerable to God, and then we became vulnerable with each other, and it allowed us to really become close. And in many cases, this community group starts becoming like a second family. Uh, you may not necessarily know the commonality you have going in, but you find those commonalities through doing life truly together. I'm Adrienne, and this is my husband, Ryan. And we have a group that's kind of for older elementary to middle, or families of older elementary, middle school age kids. Um, I think we're going to try to meet twice a month now and just um, do the sermon notes and just kind of have the idea of doing life together, being with each other, being able to pray for each other through those hard and fun times of parenthood. Yeah, and I think it's just a safe place, sorry, um, <laughs> to just like super chill, super relaxed, no judgment, whatever, um, and just a um, place to be real and kind of get deeper um, relationships beyond the kind of Sunday morning smiles and stuff. So um, that's kind of what we're about. So I'm Amy Harris, and this is my husband, John. You see him up there playing guitar. Um, and we meet um, about every other week in the Canyon Park area. Um, and we've been doing right now media and some sermon discussion. Excuse me. Um, and... We've been meeting together a long time. We're with the, the Chews, and we have a member of our group, Dean Harding, who likes to make pinatas. So we have a lot of fun at the end of the year hitting pinatas together. So that's been our, our fun joke of the group. Hi, I'm Jennifer Bandy. Uh, you may not have seen my husband and I in our faces because we've joined since the pandemic, but we are launching a new group at our home near Seattle Hill Elementary, so kind of up on the north side. Uh, we have kids upper elementary and middle school. By next year, they'll be in high school. Um, we are hoping to meet twice a month on Sunday evenings, have kind of a potluck, talk about the sermon series, pray for and encourage each other, including our kids. 
So we'd love to have you join us. Just want to say hi. I'm Christina Hoffer, and just wanted to encourage you guys, if you feel like you've been on the sidelines, you're not alone. That's how we felt for a long time. And then, ready or not, here we come. We're jumping in. So Jared's going to tell you, but if that, that feels like you, um, you're not alone, jump in. Everybody here is super nice. So love to get to know you more. Uh, so we have a group of young families. Uh, I think it's third grade uh, diapers. We meet uh, second and fourth Thursday of the month um, early at 5.30, and we end early for bedtime, so like 7.30-ish. Um, if you're interested, we'd love to have you guys. We do a quick meal. Um, kids are running around like crazy, uh, pray, going to go over ser sermon notes in the fall. So that's about all. I am Janice Downs. Uh, I, I represent the single women's fellowship group uh, and we strictly are a group that gets together for fellowship uh, hopefully once a month um, we just do fun things together so if you're a single woman and would like to have more fellowship and have fun with a group of gals uh, i'd love to talk to you hi i'm wendy garrett and when james contacted me he says you may not know this but um you're the leader of your group. Steve told us that you're <laughs> appointed us a leader, so we don't really have a leader for our group. We're just all a big group. There's, like Steve said earlier, there's five of us families, and I'm going to challenge there's 23 kids now because I'm counting Micah and Sophia as our kids now. So um, we've, we've been praying. Uh, we spent a lot of time in prayer. We've been praying for them forever. We started when they were little, and now they're all pretty much adults. And so um, it kind of started um, when Krista Bond said... Um, she wasn't a believer growing up, and then um, she uh, became a believer, met Peter, and then Peter's parents are, were part of a prayer group, and they told her, we've been praying for you your whole life. And that just touched her so much. She goes, I want that. I want to do that for our kids, for our kids' future uh, mates. And so um, that was kind of how it was born, but we've, we have a lot of fun together. We, we definitely are like family at this point. So that's us. We're Kirk and Sherry Mitchell. And uh, we have a group that meets about uh, once a month. And uh, we have a mix of couples and also singles. And uh, we have, I was sharing on Friday, or uh, last night or whenever it was, that uh, with the other groups that it's been a real joy for us to be able to um, have kids growing up in our group through the high school age then in the college age, most of them are that age and, and starting career. And then at the same time that was shifting, a lot of us were also shifting in the category of aging parents. And for some of those of you who are in that category, that is a big deal. And so that was kind of a shift for us with uh, both my parents and her parents going through things that they weren't previously. And so it was this weird shift of age. And, and it's really, really been nice to be a part of a group where we can share that and hear from other people's stories of what's been going on and, and be encouraged and pray for each other. Um, the encouragement and the prayer and going things th through things together has been absolutely incredible for us. So we usually uh, meet uh, generally at our house. Uh, we always have dinner, uh, kind of everybody brings something. We organize that. Um, we uh, are currently doing biblical studies that are more geared towards um, community service and how we can uh, serve the kingdom of God uh, in 
our with our neighbors and the practical application of how that is and actually for a lot of us that's been actually a really big exciting thing so um, the other thing is we always end with uh, sharing of what's going on in each one of our lives which is critical we feel and then praying for each other and our kids or whatever's going on so uh, that's been really good and then we do meet outside of that for other fun times um, as it comes up or we want to plan something Hey, I'm Raj. Uh, we're going to, uh, a couple years ago, we had a men's Bible study on Sunday mornings, and we took a bit of a hiatus. I think it's been two years now. So we're going to kick that back off. We're going to go back to the Old Testament, find the bloodiest, goriest part we can, and talk through that. Um, you do not have to be over six feet tall. Um, I heard a rumor about that to join the group. In fact, Phil was in the group. <laughs> so pretty much anybody can get in. Um, we're, we're going to try to have some food. Uh, we're going to meet during first service or second service somewhere. We usually find a room. depends on the number of people. Um, it's, it's guys only. Uh, if we get overwhelmed with people, we'll start two groups. But um, please find me. Uh, we're, we're recruiting people. Hey. So I'm Phil Melissa Wagner, and um, we're starting a community group for uh, – we have uh, 12, 9, and 8-year-olds, and um, – We'd love to have more of those, but uh, we also welcome everybody in every stage of life and whatever, you know, married, single, wherever you are, uh, just because we want to learn from each other. And our goal is to uh, follow up with the sermon notes and the questions and talk about application and then be there for each other uh, throughout the week through prayer and, you know, showing up at midnight if you need something and that kind of stuff. So, And we're in the Silver Furs, Silver Furs area. Thank you so much, everyone, for sharing. We so appreciate that. There's a lot going on, and there's even a bunch of other groups that aren't here this morning, that's just what's here. So I just want to thank you guys so much for doing that. And if you are not currently part of a group, I want to encourage you, take the step of faith and, and try it out this fall. There's a lot of stuff going on. And if there's not a group that you, I mean, if you can't find that none of those necessarily appealed to you, contact me. Um, I'm kind of overseeing small groups right now. We're John Temple, another guy that's, that's doing that. And we'll find the, the right space for you. We'll find something that works. So please let us know. So at the back uh, in the corner on a, on a table is uh, a form that says community groups on it. On the back side are a few questions. If you're showing interest, you're like, I don't, I don't, don't really know which group I want to join, but I don't really want to just fill this out. And we'll get back to you with some, op some what we think might be the best options for you and have a conversation with you. So if you're, today you're thinking, man, that sounds good, but I don't know, just take that first easy dip your toe in the water step, fill this out, and drop it in one of the offering boxes in the back. And these will be up here and in the back back there. So we just thank you guys so much for that. So and now it's time for us to enter back into worship.